internet's home for Motown, soul, and great rock and roll. Skypilotradio.com. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Using free speech to free minds. It's the David Knight Show. Welcome on this Friday, August the 16th, 2019. I'm David Knight, your host. Well, yesterday we had President Trump go to New Hampshire, a big rally, setting a record for that stadium, beating even the record that was set by Elton John. And it appears that we're going to have the sisterhood of traveling burkas, at least one of them, is going to get into uh, Israel. So, yeah, a lot of changes, a lot of moving around, and there are things in the works with uh, China and Hong Kong. We're going to talk about what's going on there, folks, because, look, this is not just an internal struggle. Uh, it would be something to focus on, I think, even if it were, even if it was just people standing up to tyranny. But this is a form of tyranny that is being... Uh, rolled out worldwide. This is not something that's limited to China. And I want to show you the kinds of recriminations that are happening to businesses and to individuals in China who are sympathetic to the protesters who are trying to fight for their civil liberties. We're going to have a civil liberties fight coming up here uh, very, very soon when it comes to guns. And we've already got advertiser boycotts that are being organized. The uh, Wall Street Journal talks about how they've got a list of over 400 words. Pretty much anything that has to do with politics or freedom is going to be banned by organizers. They're going to try to strangle any kind of substantive discussion of issues that affect your life. They want you to be focused on lifestyle issues. And, of course, we've got an interesting a couple of pieces of uh, lifestyle coming out of the U.K. I didn't get to the... Uh, article from Paul Joseph Watson talking about the British government banning a Volkswagen ad because they showed a woman with a baby carriage. Oh, yes, that is pushing a gender stereotype, they said. <clears throat> we don't want to push gender stereotypes. We want to push gender confusion. Uh, that's really what they want to. And now they've done it yet again. Uh, they took on a Philadelphia cream cheese ad. And so we're going to talk about uh, what there is with that. But the, the broader issue is that they're going to push their agenda. You don't think that the transgender agenda is political? Oh, yeah, it's political, it's cultural, it's religious, it is the core of everything that they do. You know, we look at Jeffrey Epstein and the issues that are there. Why is it that he was let free? Why is it that he had people who are both Republicans and Democrats who are working with him? Ken Starr was his defense attorney. And, of course, Ken Starr had essentially defended Bill Clinton over the blue dress, uh, not over the blue dress portrait that we showed yesterday. Uh, that was really just kind of an in-your-face celebration of what they got away with, to be honest with you. That's really what that was about. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, his pal Bill Clinton, laughing about the fact that even in spite of all the things that they'd done, the Lolita Express, the pedophile networks, the sexual assault, the rapes, the organized crime, the assassinations, the corruption, 
the bribery, the massive foundations that they had set up, the Clinton Foundation, the Global Clinton Initiative, uh, all of these different things. They get away with anything. I mean, they don't file any paperwork, as Charles Ortel earlier this week pointed out. They're not organized as a legal charity. They don't file any paperwork. They don't do any reports. Everything about it is illegal, and they get away with it. And they're still getting away with it. People are asking, why isn't the number two with him, Ghislaine Maxwell, why is she seen eating at an In-N-Out, reading a book about CIA spies that get killed and so forth? Why is she still at large? Uh, Why are they not doing anything about this? Uh, That's why. And why are they pushing their agenda on us while they shut down they say, well, we don't want any kind of politics or anything that's going to get anybody angry. We shut down the term Trump or guns or anything like that. No, they don't want you talking amongst yourself. And they pretty much have been able to do that on social media. One year after they banned Alex Jones and InfoWars, they've pretty much driven everybody off of social media on the conservative side. We'll be right back. Stay with us. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. React. And now, The David Knight Show. Welcome on this Friday, August 16th, year of our Lord, 2019. I'm David Knight, your host. Last night, we had President Trump in New Hampshire. We're going to take a look at New Hampshire and his new campaign. But I want to start first with Trump's Greenland New Deal. Yeah, the Democrats have got a Green New Deal that we got from Alexandria Occasional Cortex, but Trump may have a Greenland deal. <laughs> he is, uh, it's being reported by the Wall Street Journal and others that he's been asking his advisors whether or not the U.S. could buy Greenland. You know, we bought Russia from, uh, or Alaska from Russia. We bought Louisiana from France. Could we buy Greenland from Denmark? <laughs> it is an autonomous Danish territory, they say. Uh, he asked during, quote, meetings, dinners, passing conversations, reports the Wall Street Journal, uh, because of Greenland's abundant resources and their geopolitical importance. Yes, they are strategically located, uh, frankly. Uh, some of Trump's advisors say the idea is a good economic play. Others dismissed it as a fleeting fascination that will never come to fruition. Uh, they said, uh, coincidentally, although it is discounted by the people who were talking about this, Uh, He's going to be going to Denmark next month for his first visit. Greenland has about 56,000 people. It also has a military base there, and they welcome U.S. military personnel there. And um, this is not the first time that uh, the U.S. government has been interested in buying Greenland, most interestingly. Back in 1946, the U.S. offered to buy Greenland from Denmark for $100 million. So this is not the first time this has happened. You know, we're looking at, uh, what is that, 73 years? 73 years ago, they tried to do it. Uh, it was a chunk of change back then, $100 million. Uh, but uh, the Danish government didn't sell. Again, uh, they said the uh, journal also reported the State Department inquired about purchasing Greenland and Iceland from Denmark in 1867. So I guess it's about time again, you know, about once every 70-some-odd years. <laughs> we, we try to buy Greenland from Denmark. Uh, and this I thought was interesting because – it's kind of like what you see happening out west. That a Greenland real estate agent 
who told the Wall Street Journal, nobody can own land in the country since the land is all owned by the government, although you get a right to use the land where you want to build a house, but you can't buy it. I guess it makes it kind of hard for a real estate agent. Well, he can he can sell the house and he can sell the right to use the land. And I thought, oh, you know, that kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? Isn't that kind of the situation we have out west? You know, after the Civil War, a lot of different things in the Constitution went bye-bye. And one of those was the idea that the federal government would not own land. You know, this, this may sound strange to you about Greenland, but actually that's the way that uh, most of the western United States is. See, as uh, the uh, different territories became states prior to the Civil War, what they would do is uh, they would obey the Constitution which says that the federal government cannot own any land other than the District of Columbia. That's why it's a district of Columbia. They said, we'll carve this out for the federal government. And then, in addition, the federal government uh, can own a few forts and ports, uh, but not entire states, which is basically what the situation is out west. Now, what they did uh, after uh, making the territories states instead of uh, giving away the land or selling the land or auctioning it off or you know distributing it somehow. Instead, they hung on to it. And what they did was they allowed people to get interests, uh, a, uh, to, to have uh, property rights without owning the land, just like in Greenland, right? you got a real estate agent. He's selling. You can't buy the land, but you can buy the house and the right to have your house on that land. And that's the situation that the Bundys and other people out west have talked about the miners, the loggers, the ranchers, all these different people who have rights to mine, to log, to graze. They have water rights. All of those can exist simultaneously on the same piece of land that is still owned by the federal government unconstitutionally, I would add. Uh, so uh, that would be an interesting precedent. Uh, I'd like to see President Trump get it and then give the people the land, and then maybe he could do the same thing out west to our people as well. But anyway, that's uh, Trump's Greenland New Deal. Uh, let's hope that <laughs> that goes through. I don't know. I mean, what are you going to do? Have another uh, put another uh, star on the flag? Uh, New Hampshire, however, uh, President Trump was in New Hampshire last night, and uh, it was at an arena that holds twelve thousand people, uh, and it was filled. And they had thousands more outside. Again, uh, no dissipation in the president's popularity in terms of these appearances that he makes throughout the country, regardless of where he goes. We've never seen anything like this. Obama never had crowds like this. It was uh, unusual for Obama to have several thousand people to show up. But as I've pointed out, Trump's crowds are bigger, consistently bigger, and Obama always had a lot of entertainment. There, he had a lot of bands that would show up. You'd get a free concert, and then Barack Obama would come out and, you know, hey, I'm here, you know, type of thing. President Trump, on the other hand, spoke for two hours. People are showing up without any entertainment. This is simply to hear President Trump. I mean, I never thought I would see this in my lifetime, frankly. Uh, it, it used to be a big deal when a politician would come to a town. They didn't have any other entertainment, right, back in the 1800s, early 1900s. There was no radio. Uh, so if you had a politician, everybody would show up to that event. You know, They'd show up to a debate between Abraham Lincoln and Douglas. And uh, 
they they would listen whether they like these guys or really even care or not because it was a spectacle. It was something to see. I mean, these were the days when uh, circuses were high entertainment. <laughs> and uh, a debate was kind of like a circus, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but to see something like this in the 21st century with all the competition that people have for their spare time and the lack of interest in politics for the most part that you see from people is really pretty amazing. Uh, some of the things that President Trump had to say uh, – uh, he talked about the economy. Uh, let's play that clip, uh, video clip number 12, I think. 401ks, down the tubes, everything's going to be down the tubes. So whether you love me or hate me, you got to vote for me. President Trump tried to project confidence about the economy in his pitch to New Hampshire voters, a state he narrowly lost to Hillary Clinton in 2016, and recent polls show President Trump trailing Democratic frontrunner Joe Biden there by 10 points. All right, so let's hold it right there. That's that the, was taken away. All right, that's the corporate media spin on it. He tried to portray confidence. <laughs> They're trying to portray troubles, right? Uh, there was all this talk. Uh, some indicators, you know, we've had bad economic indicators in some, area of the, uh, some areas of the economy. Had several of them uh, this last week. Uh, stock market getting shaky. And so everybody was saying, that's it, recession is coming. And then we had big numbers coming from Walmart. And other people were saying, well, that's it, recession is not coming. It's kind of like, the thing. Is, do we have global warming or do we have global cooling? Is it the weather? Is it going up? Is it going down? You know, the stock market changes just like the weather does all the time. But President Trump also had to say, uh, the U.S. right now has the hottest economy anywhere in the world. Uh, so it's not global warming. The economy is only getting hot in the United States. <laughs> America is working again. America is winning again. America is respected again. Respected like never before. And as you just heard there, he said, uh, you're not going to have any choice but to vote for me. Whether you love me or hate me, you got to vote for me. Why? Because the alternative. As he pointed out, the Democrats, he said, we ended the last administration's cruel war on American energy. That's the key thing in the economy, quite frankly. Look, we can talk about interest rates, we can talk about the stock market, we can talk about tax rates and so forth, but if you've got expensive energy, it's going to tank the economy. Do you remember any of you who are old enough or anybody? Well, they wouldn't have read this in the history books because it was something happened under uh, Jimmy Carter. <laughs> so they don't want to put that in a negative light. But anybody that remembers this, uh, you're not going to get it at school, but uh, – uh, you remember what happened when OPEC sent the shock through our economy because they started asserting their control, their cartel? Remember what happened? The stagflation, the gas lines and so forth? You aren't going to have an economy that is healthy if you don't have access to cheap energy. And it's not just a quality of life. It actually is something that affects life expectancy. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back. Uh, more about President Trump and more about the sisterhood of traveling burkas. We've got an update on the travel plans of uh, the sisterhood. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Alec. Yes. I got a plug for the Patriot points I get. Oh, thanks. I've gotten $180 so far this year, and I feel like I'm stealing from you. <laughs> I buy so much in the store because, I mean, I don't want to give that money to Walmart. I don't want to give that money to people who are going to donate it to causes I don't believe in. So I'd rather give that money to you. And I'm getting quality product. The products that I do receive have changed my life. I mean, the X2 has really done a lot for me. I've lost weight. My brain works a whole lot better. I, and my kids, they use the toothpaste. My son used to get these little uh, sore throats, and he puts X2 in water and drinks it, and it gets rid of his 
a sore throat. Uh, he well, loves well, sir, let me break this down for you. I want high-quality stuff in there. I want a good price. But I've kind of habituated everybody to where everybody buys when it's 50% off. I'm making $2 on the toothpaste, 50% off. And so it's the same thing like the fish oil or the turmeric or the bone broth. Thank you so much for the plugs. But listen, when people get the Patriot points, a lot of times it makes things a loss later. Because if you're already getting 10% off because you're on auto ship, and then we're doing 50% off, and then you do something like that, uh, where you have Patriot points, we lose money. But that's okay. Thanks for the support. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't a Netflix drama show. This isn't a Law & Order TV program. This is reality. And I'll say this, it's all of our birthright. Black, white, old, young, gay, straight. We're all having our birthright stolen right now. We're seeing election meddling, and it's time to admit it and to realize we've seen a giant backdoor power grab. They didn't come like an enemy from over the horizon. They came from inside, and they came through cyberspace. Our republic, our constitutional little d democracy has been hacked. And please remember, without your financial support, we wouldn't have withstood this withering storm of censorship, attacks, and lies. We have the new World Awakens Mega Sale, Globalist House of Cards Collapsing End of Summer Super Sale. It's the big, giant, 50 to 60% off, store-wide free shipping, double Patriot points, but only on 50-something items, not on every item, because a bunch of these are very close to selling out. But whether it's Ultimate Krill Oil, Bodies, Turmeric, Brain Force Plus, Knockout Sleep Aid, Turbo Force, 8-Pack Power Stack, it's all 50 to 60% off, and your purchases make it all possible here. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The David Knight Show. There's something happening here. Welcome back. We were talking during the break about President Trump and what he had to say in New Hampshire. And we had some interesting conversations here. Travis, uh, what, what did you say? Because I was talking in the context as we went to break. I was talking about how President Trump, when he started to talk about the economy, he went to energy. And he started talking about how uh, the Democrats have been very radical. He said, uh, we ended the last administration's cruel war on American energy. The U.S. is now the number one producer of oil and natural gas in the world. Every leading Democrat has promised to abolish the coal, oil, and natural gas that are fueling our economic boom. And that's absolutely right, because it was Jimmy Carter uh, who presided over the stagflation that happened after we had a shock to the system because of energy. And you had what to say uh, during the break, Travis? I was just saying that I honestly think the Democrats would do better if they were to just run Jimmy Carter again. <laughs> At least he seems like a nice, affable individual. He's been working yeah. with half people your age don't, don't remember what yeah, the, he was. The only thing I know about him is what you've told me about him yeah. and what I see from him, you know, again, working with Habitat for Humanity. I'm That's sure right. Someone, yeah, he's know, a nice guy outside of being a, a, a total failure for president. <laughs> he's a super nice guy. And that's how he won. Quite frankly, I got family members who had never voted Democrat in their life because Richard Nixon was so thoroughly vilified. And as we were talking during the break, I said, uh, I, I've not seen anybody since Richard Nixon who's been vilified as much uh, as uh, President Trump has. And, and so when you create this intense dislike for somebody there, uh, if you just bring a nice guy coming in, uh, you know, he would have a chance uh, to win, even though he might not have any idea about what he's doing, or he might have some very, very harmful policies. People are typically voting more for personality and packaging than anything else. I mean, if we get people to vote on issues, 
if we could get politicians to actually deliver on issues, I mean, that'd be a big change. But it's really more about this kind of interplay of personalities, isn't it? You had a, a comment as well, too, CJ. What'd you say? Well, I did. I think we've we've actually found that the nice guy and the nice guy um, is likened to Jimmy Carter, and uh, mm-hmm. he's currently you know been on the debate stage. And Jimmy Carter was known as just a friendly old peanut farmer from Georgia. I believe. Um, so there's another guy from a small town who's got the, the haircut, the, uh, the history, and uh, appeals to right. the new leftist minority of, of, of uh, millennials and will, I think, be built up to you know, appeal to the entire uh, millennial group as you know, a good Christian gay guy. And that's mm-hmm. uh, Buttigieg or, or the moniker booty gay, as you like to use, I yeah. think is, is, is pretty appropriate. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, he's, he's that nice guy. He's got the smile. He's got the, the friendly, you know, com- compassion that, that uh, the others are lacking. That's right. Yeah, he kind of, that's his persona that has been projected. And I think that's one of the reasons why he and others uh, thought that he had an opening, simply because he could be Mr. Nice Guy when he comes in. Except, as we, uh, I pointed out before, and as we were talking about it uh, during the break, you know, he, he projects himself out there as uh, liking Christianity, and yet there is just this thin veneer that he puts out there. Underneath, he has a total contempt for Christianity that is very hard for him to conceal. And he has very deep Marxist roots from his father, from his mentors, from his time in college and so forth. Uh, they could be pulled back. If you look at him, <clears throat> that niceness is just a thin veneer, and he's very quick to judge Christians. Maybe I should call him, start calling him Booty Judge, uh, which is what he wants to be called. I think that's the way he pronounces it. But I think Booty Gay is something he probably likes even more because that is his identity uh, that he wants to run as. And, you know, they've all got, instead of uh, superheroes, the, this group of people that are out there, uh, they have their, not a secret identity, uh, but their political identity. You know, their identity politics. Uh, vote for me. I'm uh, Hispanic, says Beto O'Rourke, even though he isn't. <laughs> it's a mask that he wears. Uh, so unlike your superheroes who have a day-to-day job with a real identity and then they put on a mask to go prowling around at night in the streets, these guys have a real identity, but then they put on a mask to parade around the daytime as candidates. Uh, and it's uh, that that's the costume that they wear, their identity politics. But, yeah, the rest of the people – don't even try to have a veneer of niceness. That's their big failing. The rest of the guys uh, are, are just nasty, vicious haters, uh, calling everybody racists and uh, uh, deplorables. Uh, Biden calls uh, all of us deplorables. He now calls us the dregs of society. So they don't even try to hide their contempt. Booty Gay tries to hide it, but I, I think it's just under the surface and barely under the surface. You can see it kind of bubbling through there, I think. Uh, But, yeah, I agree with you guys. Absolutely. Uh, So going back to President Trump, uh, as I've said before and as I tweeted out during uh, last week's vacation, I said I I wish, especially when we got to the Second Amendment, I said I wish President Trump would disagree more with the Democrats, not less. I want to disagree more, but be less disagreeable as an individual instead of being so snarky and trolling people over their weight or whatever, whether that is uh, the guy that he trolled over the weight, whether that was the right guy who was actually trolling him, or whether that was accidentally one of his supporters. you got people putting out both of those narratives on either side. I don't know what that is, but nevertheless, 
You know, if he could just disagree on policy more than he does, and if he could hold up the principles that America was founded on rather than throwing them out and trashing the principles as well, uh, not just trashing other individuals. I, so I'd like to really see him disagree with Democrats far more than he does, but be less disagreeable about it. But he did have this to say on the Second Amendment. Uh, let's play video clip number 13. And in his first rally since mass shootings in Ohio and Texas, he stood firm on supporting gun owners' rights. We will always uphold the right to self-defense, and we will always uphold the Second Amendment. We will. In recent days, the president has said he wants meaningful background checks, but continued to make this controversial claim. It's not the gun that pulls the trigger. It's the person holding the gun. Okay, well, let's hope that's the case. You know, we've heard uh, rhetoric from President Trump on both sides. We've got to take the guns, do the due process later, he said after the Parkland shooting. He was the one who kicked off all this red flag laws in the wake of the Parkland shooting. And now we have 17 states and the District of Columbia that have red flag laws. I talked about that in detail yesterday. Uh, and President Trump has, with his uh, administration, they have more rigorously enforced gun laws than the prior administration has. And uh, what he has done is he has set up, uh, for the first time, a precedent where the president, by executive order, banned a firearm accessory, bump stocks. And I don't think bump stocks are important, but the precedent is. We don't have any constitutional authority for Congress to enact laws. It says, shall not be infringed. That means you stay away from it. You don't even get on the edges of it. You know, when you look at the First Amendment, Congress shall make no law. But when you talk about the Second Amendment, they knew it was going to be a process of gradual infringement, carving it off strip by strip. And we had Congress do that. Now the president did it for the first time by executive order, and he did. He went after a firearm accessory, which was something that they never claimed they had jurisdiction over. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Without your support, we won't be here. And I couldn't thank you all enough for the fact that you've kept us in the game. I mean, I want to stay in this game. I want to take the globalist on. Total transparency is our whole operation. If I bring in $35 million, half of that's the cost of the products because we don't mark stuff up that much. I don't care if I'm not making money, but you need to buy the products. We got coffee. We got fish oil. We got turmeric. We got great toothpaste. We've got great things like DNA Force Plus. But Ultimate Krill Oil has been sold out for four months. For whatever reason, this became the most popular fish oil. It's totally full of the bottle, and it is the strongest, purest krill oil, and it cost us three times more because we have it put through the expensive laboratory process to remove mercury. Any type of krill oil you get that doesn't give you fish burps, which I don't like but gives you all the great benefits, isn't real. It's been boiled. It's been ruined. It's been homogenized. This is not it. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the highest quality krill oil you're going to find anywhere. Real krill oil, folks, is red. It's not yellow. It's not milky. This is nothing but krill oil. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The David Knight Show.
Yeah, President Trump said a vote for Democrats is a vote for socialism, a vote for the destruction of the American dream. And he's absolutely right about that. Uh, Babylon B has a, f- a funny headline. Six-year-old saying, why don't we just give everything away for free? Surges to the top of the Democratic polls. And of course, this is a satire site, but it is not very far off. I mean, she's not that much different from AOC. Yes, she may be six years old, but... What is the mental age of Alexandria Occasional Cortex? Truly, what is her mental age? We've already had a nine-year-old who has solved planetary pollution. You know, he was the genius who came up with this idea that we've got to ban all plastic straws because China is dumping vast amounts of plastic waste into the Pacific. And you've got floating islands of plastic waste that have been dumped there by China and other Asian countries. So we've got to ban plastic straws in America. And so this six-year-old, according to the satire site, Babylon B, and again, it's not real. Uh, I'm saying that for the benefit of those reporters at BuzzFeed and the Daily Beast who tried to get me thrown off of Twitter for a Babylon B headline in the past. And of course, Snopes is always fact-checking the Babylon B. Always. Always. So fact-check this. Uh, somebody, no matter what their age or who they are, uh, saying, why don't we just give away everything for free? They would surge to the top of the Democrat polls because that is exactly what is happening, uh, according to their side. She's only six years old. She said, why can't we give everybody everything they want for free? Propel Susie from an unknown position to third in the polls, ahead of Bernie Sanders, just behind Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden. Uh, she has a plan for everything, said one of her supporters. Her new candidacy has upset some of the other candidates with Bernie Sanders accusing her of stealing all of his ideas. <laughs> he was the first one to come up with the idea that. We can give everything to everybody for free. Where did he get that idea? Well, he stole that from the communists in Russia when he was there on his honeymoon before they collapsed, (laughs) just a year before they collapsed. Bernie's not too bright, quite frankly. Uh, There's a lot of people on the left who think that he is really smart. I remember seeing the old clip of him on public access TV up in Vermont, and it was put out on social media with the comments, oh, this young man is quite bright. Maybe he has a political future, or maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't understand what happened at all in the 20th century. Maybe he doesn't understand the history of despotism and death that is the legacy of communism and desperate poverty and the fact that the place that he loved so much and went to visit on his honeymoon collapsed economically the next year. But that never deterred him. Never deterred him from worshiping the Central American communist, Bernie Sandernista, going down and talking about how wonderful Nicaragua was. Because, you know, they wrote poetry. These guys, they write poetry. They're just wonderful. I could uh, see them in my university here in Vermont or something. You know, my wife's got the deal with that. She can cut you a deal. (laughs) Such a deal. Uh, Anyway, going back to the Babylon Bee, others say that the math in her plans just doesn't add up, to which Susie says she doesn't like math. That's it, you know. She likes instead Twilight Sparkles. Uh, She's got a new popular campaign slogan. But I want it. Ah, that is the campaign slogan for the Democrat grassroots. If you 
uh, that's the one they ought to use. You know, President Trump was talking to his crowd last night, and he said, well, which do you like better? Do you like make America great again, or do you like keep America great? Oh, we like keep America great, what seemed to be the response. But I think we should offer this to the Democrats. Maybe we should do some clothing for it. We could do blue caps, and we could embroider on there, but I want it. I think we could sell that. Oh, no, they don't have any money. That's right. Uh, they don't buy anything. <laughs> That's a fundamental flaw with that plan. Uh, yeah, we, we have had situations like that, as I pointed out. Uh, Phyllis Schlafly went to a Democrat uh, meeting, fundraising, event, or whatever, and they were selling toilet paper by the rolls with Ronald Reagan's face on it and uh, as a fundraiser. And so she bought a roll of it, and she took it to another area of that event, and she started selling selling it by the sheet, <laughs> like a dollar a sheet, you know, toilet paper sheet with Ronald Reagan's picture on it. And uh, she made a lot more money, and then she donated it to Reagan. <laughs> so we ought to make up these caps, but I want it. So instead of the red MAGA caps, you could have the but I want it blue caps. Uh, Donald Trump also ripped the Democrats for calling his supporters Nazis because they project, right? These are the people that call themselves anti-fa. And uh, they're not anti-fascist, as I've said before. They're anti-First Amendment. They're not going to argue with you. They just scream and shout and hit you with their uh, socks filled with uh, bicycle, with their uh, lockers, right? The, the lock off of their locker uh, because they're kids. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're not interested in talking. They don't want to convince you. Uh, they don't want you to have any input. They are fascists. They are fascists. And everything, they're authoritarian. And they're anti-First Amendment. It's another one of these projections of the left. You know, kind of like the Clintons and the Epsteins and how they project their perversions. How they celebrate their perversions. That's the thing, like I said, at the top of the show. I mean, the real takeaway of that disgusting uh, devil with a blue dress on, Bill Clinton, and Epstein's mansion. Uh, that was really a celebration. Look at this. I got away with it, you know. And also their perversion. Cross-dressing in a blue dress that belongs to Hillary Clinton. I mean, it's just these people. It never ends. These are the kind of people that come up with stuff like the P dossier. Anyway, President Trump said they view everybody as fascist and as Nazis. They use the term Nazi. This is a term you couldn't even use it. Now they use it on, like, a regular basis. Talked about how AOC accuses border agents of running concentration camps despite their heroic efforts to secure the border. I think, quite frankly, President Trump ought to call on them. Everybody ought to call on them. They had that one reporter who did it and uh, for Rebel Media as they were going to criticize President Trump. He got in the face of AOC and Rashida Tlaib, and we've got uh, the two of them I wanted to go to Israel. We've got an update on that story, the sisterhood, the traveling burkas. But he got in their face and put the microphone there and said, you just had a guy that you inspired because you keep talking about these concentration camps. Uh, the kids are being ripped from their mamas, from uh, the, the babies are being ripped from the mama's arms and so forth. You inspired a guy to physically attack a uh, ICE facility. Uh, we had other ICE facilities shot at uh, just this week. Why is it that nobody ever called in the conservative media? Well, there isn't any conservative media left anymore, right? You got Fox News. Are they going to do that? No. They want to preserve their Google ratings. I haven't talked about this yet, but, you know, those 950-some-odd pages is actually a lot more than that. I've got a stack of pages about this high, about a foot high. Uh, Kyle printed them out for me. 
And uh, it takes a while to go through this stuff. And you can't search it because it's images. So you can't keyword search it. Nobody's transcribed it. It's, it's shots of uh, documents that they've got. But in it, they've got the ratings that are done out there, not by their algorithms, as they pretend, as Sundar Pichai lied to Congress and to the American public, uh, just like James Clapper. Uh, no, it's not being done by algorithms. It's being done by humans, and they're rating these different uh, sites up and down. And Fox is rated right up there with CNN. Uh, we aren't, by the way. Uh, yeah, we're down uh, in the negative area. Uh, but, uh, you know, we've got like a negative three or something, and Fox has got a plus five like uh, CNN. And so they don't want to jeopardize that with Google. And so Fox isn't going to criticize, except for Tucker Carlson. Fox is going to remain silent about uh, what these uh, people are doing. They're going to remain silent about what Big Pharma is doing because those are types of things that get you banned by Google. Uh, President Trump went on to say, they look down on the hardworking citizens who truly make our country run. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about what uh, uh, William Weld and Stephen Colbert had to say about President Trump. The fantasy that Bill Weld, uh, who ran this last time, he's a very liberal Massachusetts governor, a nominal Republican, rhino, Republican in name only. Uh, he uh, is talking about running against President Trump. He says, I may be reduced to debating Alec Baldwin. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. Stay with us. George Orwell said that in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And so used to, it wasn't that important to wear the American flag because we still loved our country and there wasn't a large group of people that actually hated it. But now... They're trying to take it out of schools. They're taking it down off of government buildings. Weird white leftists that want a virtue signal are pulling down American flags and running up Mexican flags. This is the bizarreness and the America hating we're seeing. So now it is a revolutionary act in a time of incredible deceit and oppression and bullying to wear the American flag, particularly the Betsy Ross anti-slavery flag, and particularly when it says on the back, right there, ladies and gentlemen, America's back, Infowars.com. So whatever you do, Take action today and exercise your free speech in these bullies' face all over, not just the U.S., but worldwide, because more than ever, the American flag is a symbol of freedom against globalism. I talk about this on the air, and I, and I know it sinks into people, but I've decided that we're going to kind of reboot all our supplements. And that if you go back five, six years ago, before all the censorship and attacks and fake lawsuits and the rest of it, I would talk about how great the products are and how they were the best and why they were, and I'd have doctors on and experts to explain why they were so good. And instead, the last few years, I'm like, hey, we need to really support us or they'll shut us down. The biggest thing people like to buy is supplements because they know how great they are and how wonderful they work. And the left always has headlines everywhere. Jones sells unapproved supplements that he claims are supplements. No, under federal law since 1996, you can't say that a supplement has been through the FDA because they have no jurisdiction and won't look at it. But then they say you've got to say it's not approved by them. And all drugs are is the system trying to tweak what's in Mother Nature and manipulate it and do different things. And a lot of drugs work great. They have side effects, not with Mother Nature. But Big Pharma doesn't want you knowing about God's medicine chest. Infowarsstore.com or triple eight two five three three one three nine. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. 
You're listening to The David Knight Show. Welcome back. As I was saying, we went to uh, break uh, Bill Weld. And uh, again, you may not know who he is. Uh, he's not somebody who uh, most people know who he is. Uh, most people, he, he, even though he ran for vice president in the last election as the running mate of Gary Johnson for the Libertarian Party, most people are like, who is this guy? Uh, and you don't need to know him, quite frankly. He is a Republican in name only. And he's not even really a libertarian. He doesn't stand for any principles of liberty. These guys are just Democrats. Uh, that couldn't make it in the Democrat or Republican Party. And so he wants to run against President Trump. He said, I may be reduced to debating Alec Baldwin. But, you know, I, I saw that and I thought, they wouldn't have anything to debate. They don't disagree on anything. He says, I think I can hold my own with Alec Baldwin, although I don't know. He's had a long career in show business. He might clean the floor with me. I think he would, quite frankly. Um, but this would be the ultimate straw man debate. You know, you have uh, a hand puppet, sock puppet politician like Bill Weld. And then you've got a scripted poser actor like Alec Baldwin uh, doing the other side of it. I mean, that's exactly the way they set this up all the time. Maybe to, to emphasize all the Nazi stuff, right? They could have Alec Baldwin prance around doing Sea Hiles like Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? That, that would drive the point home. That's kind of the clumsy comedy that's done now on uh, Saturday Night Live anymore. And then Stephen Colbert says, uh, when he has Anderson Cooper on, he says, for safety's sake, Trump can't come on my show. He's proselytizing for the devil. And I thought, wow, that's an amazing thing to say. <laughs> After the week we've had about Jeffrey Epstein and the, and the Clintons, you talk about proselytizing for the devil. I mean, <laughs> come on, guys. It's, isn't it amazing how they project, like I said, Antifa that has these authoritarian fascist actions, shutting down people's free speech or anything. They call themselves the anti-fascists. No, they are the fascists. Or the fact that all these people think about is race. It's an obsession. They can't say anything but racist, 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 anybody that they oppose. They think about nothing but race. They see everything in terms of race. Folks, that by definition is what a racist is. And yet they project that onto other people. They project their perversions on other people. They write dossiers about it. They have foreign spies write dossiers about their perversions. And then you've got Anderson Cooper and, uh, you know, one of the card-carrying members of the LGBT mafia out there. These guys are, again, projecting again, proselytizing for the devil. He says, it's very hard, said Stephen Colbert, it's very hard to perceive him, that is Trump, as I want to perceive a president. So I think just for safety reason, it wouldn't be a good idea to have him on. Uh, he's last on Colbert's show back in September 2015. Uh, six months into being president, uh, Trump said that Colbert, who had basically built his show, uh, that was his show was about to get canceled. And then he found a new leaf on life uh, that he turned, uh, took off that fig leaf, <laughs> <laughs> and his new lease uh, gave him a, uh, a a new jump in the ratings. Uh, and Trump 
pointed out that he was a new talent hack. His show ratings were tanking before he made the president the focal point of his profanity. Uh, and um, he uh, saying things like uh, Trump's mouth is only good for being Vladimir Putin's cock holster. Yeah, yeah, that made him very popular with the left. And he wants to say that President Trump is proselytizing for the devil. Yeah, yeah, not not Epstein, not Bill Clinton, not the LGBT mafia, not Stephen Colbert. No, it's President Trump. Uh, Colbert says Trump is a heretic to reality and that he is proselytizing for the devil. So President Trump, uh, he says, wants to live in a fantasy world where he, where he thinks that the world is the way that he wants to perceive it. So let's talk about the fantasy world these people have created. Yet another story coming out about a dad who is horrified that the public school convinced his daughter that she is a boy and he can't stop it. See, these are the people who construct a fantasy world. And they are projecting that fantasy world that they've done on entertainment, on television, the movies, and the news. They're projecting that now through the educational system into your children and doing it in the physical world, not just messing with their minds in terms of what they see, but actually doing this in a school. And this is yet another one of these stories. I already reported on the mother uh, who had, uh, I think it was her son, I can't remember, boy or girl, because, you know, the... Gender is fluid all the time, right, according to the schools. But her child, over her objections, had the child's gender changed by the school and their psychological tactics, and she couldn't stop them, and she's now suing. Now, this dad just wrote an op-ed piece in USA Today talking about how this happened in uh, Illinois. His name is Jack uh, Jay Keck. A suburban dad lives outside of Chicago. As he pointed out, his nightmare began in April 2016. His 14-year-old daughter became convinced that she was, in fact, a boy, convinced by the public school. Uh, they emphatically endorsed this delusion. They pushed this delusion on her. They opposed the father's attempts to help his daughter every step of the way. In fact, the teenage girl, who had shown no indication ever, she's now 14 years old, never had shown an indication throughout her childhood of any gender dysphoria or of a desire to be male, and she has autism. And I pointed out when we talked about this with the mother's case that increasingly we're seeing children who have autism or who have Downs, and they're in the public school system. They focus on those kids because it is a psychological tactic. They begin to treat the Teenage girl as a male at school, they referred to her as he and him, and when the parents finally discovered what was going on and requested the daughter be referred to by her legal name, the school district claimed that they were simply following the law, but there wasn't any law. There was an executive order from the Obama administration that the schools needed to affirm, not to proselytize. These are the people who are proselytizing for the devil. You know who else is proselytizing for the devil? It's not just Stephen Colbert. It's not just Hollywood. It's the National Education Association. The NEA has partnered with the Human Rights Campaign, other groups, writes the father, to produce materials advocating automatic affirmation of identities, name changes, and pronouns, regardless of the parents' concerns. In 18 states and the District of Columbia, uh, there are conversion therapy bans which prevent therapists from questioning a child's gender identity. 
He said, no wonder my daughter's therapist would only speak to me off the record. Because parents are, are afraid to speak out, and the professionals are even more afraid to speak out because they will be attacked by these people who are proselytizing for the devil, who are creating their own version of reality, as Stephen Colbert projected onto President Trump and all of you deplorables, you who are the dregs of society, as Joe Biden has said. And then take a look at what's happening in Bernie Sanders, Vermont. Vermont wants taxpayer-funded gender affirmation surgery for kids, reports the New American. Now, they it's, at first, it sounds like what this psychologist, who is a world-renowned expert on transgender issues, has said. First of all, he got in a lot of trouble on social media, as I pointed out before, because as a psychologist, he said, look, this is a psychological issue. And I would support gender changes, physical gender changes for people if they are over the age of 21 and they have lived for two years in their assumed identity. And this guy, being a Canadian, would even have the government pay for it. Now, in Vermont, what they're saying is they want the government to pay for it because, you know, they're close to Canada, (laughs) ideologically as well as geographically. Uh, They also said you've got to be at least 21 years old, they said. However, there is an exception. If you get the permission of your parents, legal custodian, or your guardian, you can be under 18. And I thought, well, that's interesting because uh, uh, do they extend that courtesy if uh, your parents write a note? Uh, Can you drink alcohol under the age of 18? Can you smoke? Can you drive a car? Can you get married? And they don't say, uh, maybe there is, but I don't see it in this article, that there is any age beyond which uh, a note from your parents isn't going to work. I mean, some states give an uh, exception to that. They say, well, you can be uh, uh, 16 and get married with a note from your parents. But I don't think that that's in view here. And they're going to have taxpayers funded. 16 different types of genital surgery to be paid for by Medicaid. Uh, Folks, we've got to take a break. Take a look at InfoWarsStore.com. We've got a sale continued. Uh, We've got many of our most popular items have sold out. We still have many of the uh, popular items Uh, available things like brain force plus 50 percent off many other items 50 to 60 percent off at infowarsstore.com they're going quickly take advantage of it before they run out because we've already had one of these items we ran out of and we got it resupplied take a look 50 to 60 percent off at infowarsstore.com we really do appreciate your support we'll be right back stay with us Without your support, we won't be here. And I couldn't thank you all enough for the fact that you've kept us in the game. I mean, I want to stay in this game. I want to take the globalist on. Total transparency is our whole operation. If I bring in $35 million, half of that's the cost of the products because we don't mark stuff up that much. I don't care if I'm not making money, but you need to buy the products. We got coffee. We got fish oil. We got turmeric. We got great toothpaste. We've got great things like DNA Force Plus. But Ultimate Krill Oil has been sold out for four months. For whatever reason, this became the most popular fish oil It's totally full of the bottle, and it is the strongest, purest krill oil, and it cost us three times more because we have it put through the expensive laboratory process to remove mercury. Any type of krill oil you get that doesn't give you fish burps, which I don't like but gives you all the great benefits, isn't real. It's been boiled. It's been ruined. It's been homogenized. This has not been. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the highest quality krill oil you're going to find anywhere. Real krill oil, folks, is red. It's not yellow. It's not milky. This is nothing but krill oil. To 
defending the American dream. It's the David Knight Show. Welcome back. You know, I was talking about how uh, Bernie's Vermont wants to uh, fund gender affirmation surgery for kids. Uh, They're going to have nominally to get this started because this is all done by a gradual process, just like taking away your ability to defend yourself. uh, They also come after the kids in terms of a gradual process. We're kind of being groomed by the elite establishment, by the politicians in Washington and our state capitals. And uh, as an example of this, um, you're going to have 16 different types of general surgery that will be paid for by Medicaid. And this proposed rule that is being passed uh, through uh, Vermont, according to the former chief of psychiatry at John Hopkins Hospital and also to the Arizona State University Professor of Statistics and Biostatistics, Uh, that put out a report together. They said gender dysphoria is a mental health issue, as uh, others have also pointed out. Uh, They said uh, to have hormonal, medical, or surgical interventions, it only serves to intensify that, not to remedy it. And a lot of people who have gone through uh, this kind of surgery, even as adults, have come back and said, yeah, it, it made things, made my life a lot worse. Than it was. But of course, they're pushing this to children, saying that if you've got a parent or guardian who gives you a note, you don't have to be even age uh, 18. You know, if you want to do it on your own, you got to be 21. But if you uh, get a note from your parents, you can be, I guess, any age and have this done. And uh, that professor at John Hopkins, I guess, uh, he, again, he is a former John Hopkins professor. I don't know that they allow people like that anymore to teach at John Hopkins. Uh, one former John Hopkins professor who just got fired because he didn't kowtow to the uh, white skin privilege issue that was created by Bill Ayers and the Weather uh, Underground, they popularized that. Uh, now we have white privilege everywhere. And he just recently got fired. His name is Daniel Povey, fired by John Hopkins University back in May. When he tried to break up a student protest, now he is speaking out about what the environment there is like. He said, uh, American colleges demonize white men. You're expected to apologize for your identity. Here's what he wrote. He said, white males in this environment, the colleges, seem to be expected to constantly atone for their existence by telegraphing their exclusive concern for every demographic group but their own. Like a neutered puppy dog or some Justin Trudeau man-child. He said, it's pathetic in my opinion, and I don't accept it at all. I'm not prepared to apologize for being who I am. I don't think that empathy should preclude critical thinking or basic self-respect. I don't accept that a person should have carte blanche to disrupt everyone else's lives just because of their minority status. Uh, That's basically what intersectionalism is. Intersectionalism is where you essentially rank people based on their privilege, and you get, uh, you know, it's kind of like what they do with the uh, uh, the sports drafts. You know, when you draft players for the NFL or you draft players for uh, any other sport, baseball or whatever, uh, the teams who had the worst record they get the first choice, and that's kind of what they do with intersectional feminism and all the other things. You know, you get essentially points 
because of skin color or because of sexual orientation or because of your gender or whatever. And then that puts you up at the top of the pecking order, just like it's a draft choice. Uh, he doesn't like that. He says, I don't feel it's right that I should be fired for just opposing a group whose victimhood makes them politically unassailable. Well, he doesn't accept. I mean, that intersectionality is the essence now of social justice. That is where they live. And that is what they're trying to sell people everywhere. See, this is being injected into our society through the colleges, but even into K through 12. This is why I had Alex Newman on, why he is going around the country talking about this. Get your kids. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. In a world of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And now, The David Knight Show. Welcome back. I was just reading you the statement uh, from Daniel Povey, this uh, former John Hopkins University professor who was fired in May because he violated the intersectionality rules. You know, he's a male, he's white, and that's just not allowed anymore in universities. And he talked about that. Uh, he said, uh, and this repeats, uh, bears repeating, uh, white males in this environment and colleges seem to be expected to constantly atone for their existence by telegraphing their exclusive concern for every demographic group but their own, like some neutered puppy dog. That's right. I don't think, he said, that empathy should preclude critical thinking. I don't feel it's right that I should be fired just for opposing a group whose victimhood makes them politically unassailable. I looked at that and I was just about, as I was reading that, just about to tell Travis, hey, Travis, let's book this guy. And let's get him on. Uh, that's pretty bold. He's point. Uh, he's right on point with his comments. And then the next paragraph. This is an article, by the way, by uh, Breitbart. Uh, he now is going to be assuming a new role with Facebook. <laughs> Starting Monday. His new job, he'll be working on Facebook's speech recognition Initiative, you know, where they're transcribing all of your stuff. For the longest time, we've said, look, uh, the NSA, as Michael Hayden and other people have pointed out, oh, we're not writing down all the stuff that you're saying. We're not listening to your conversations and reading your emails. No, they got Facebook for that. <laughs> Total information awareness. Yeah, the life log project that they shut down and then Facebook opened the next day. Now, I said for the longest time, William Benny, I've interviewed him multiple times. It's after, they're after the metadata, the NSA and the CIA, because they can use that for their algorithms and so forth. But Facebook is so obsessive that they're hiring people to transcribe stuff, and they're going to hire this professor to do this. And I was like, oh, no. And then as he was talking to CNBC, he said uh, he doesn't expect to last very long in Silicon Valley <laughs> because of his worldview. Quote, I just wouldn't expect to last very long at any big Silicon Valley company after expressing the kinds of opinions I've expressed in my leaving message. So we'll see. Uh, maybe, Travis, we can talk to him after he's been fired by Facebook next week. <laughs> he starts on Monday, and uh, he doesn't think he's going to run into something that is even worse and more weaponized 
than he saw in the universities. And this is why we need to understand why I spent so much time this week. You know, we talk about Jeffrey Epstein. We talk about schools, K through 12 and colleges. This is a common core that is being pushed. Uh, this is the way they're pushing it in China on people. And we're going to talk about what's coming up with that because that really does. It gives us a glimpse into the future. We can go back to the future yet again and see what our future here is in America because it is a future that has been designed by the globalists, by the UN with their smart cities projects and so forth, uh, being worked on by Google and Silicon Valley. You know, Google is working on their sidewalk labs up in Toronto uh, to essentially create a quote-unquote smart city for stupid people that will go to the city, but they want to trap you in the city, put you in their micro-apartments, make sure that you can't travel anywhere. Uh, There was an article on one of the car magazines saying that the average speed in New York City now for cars is seven miles per hour. Seven miles per hour. Why bother? Uh, Last time I was in New York City in a car, (laughs) what a nightmare that was. It was back in 2012 before I came here to InfoWars. And I was there because of the UN Arms Trade Treaty that they were trying to push through at the last minute in the summer. And so, you know, we had to get to the UN and we had to drop people off. And it was just absolutely impossible to navigate. So basically, I had my wife circling the area because, you know, you don't have to travel too far. Uh, I think uh, in that area of New York uh, City, uh, seven miles per hour is kind of an optimistic. Uh, approach. Uh, I guess that's why everybody's now turning to third world forms of transportation. These little electric scooters, bird and lime and so forth that are littering our streets everywhere Uh, because you can't move on a vehicle. They will not build any more roads. That's one thing I agree with Elon Musk about. He said, look, our cities are growing in three dimensions, the big cities. Our transportation is not. It's still two-dimensional. That's why it's so congested. And that's not a new insight. I talked about that long ago, that whenever you look at anybody's idea of the future, going back to the early sci-fi films of the beginning of the motion picture age, 1920s and so forth, Fritz Lang's Metropolis all the way through to uh, things like Blade Runner and so forth, they always have the car, Minority Report, the cars are always stacked just like the buildings are. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes they would do it with roads, and sometimes they would imagine different strata of flying cars. But, of course, they know that the transportation, unless you're going to have complete gridlock like New York City, uh, the transportation has to grow vertically. Uh, Elon Musk decided he would go uh, below ground. He is the underminer. Nothing is beneath him, (laughs) but he is beneath you. Uh, No, he's not beneath you. He wants to be your overlord. Uh, but, uh, no, he is right about the fact that, uh, we need to have it in three dimensions, even though, uh, there are other solutions to that. But yeah, in New York city, I mean, the, the, <laughs> the signs, uh, I remember that they had signs, uh, $300 fine. If you honked your horn, uh, that didn't stop the people from honking their horns <laughs> because it was just too frustrating, uh, being in that environment. Uh, but when we talk about these uh, people in the universities, uh, right here in the University of Texas, Austin, in the Biodiversity Center, a guy who was called out back in 2017 for, you know, saying that all of us deplorables 
these people are just Nazis, he said. You know, just exactly what President Trump was saying. Look, at they call you all Nazis. Is that really all they've got? Well, yeah, that really is all that they've got. Uh, they don't have, because they don't want to do math, because they don't have any way to pay for these programs, because they're nothing but communists. They call everybody else Nazis, because they have this uh, limited um, understanding of the political spectrum anyway. They think those two things are the only two uh, options, that they are the extremes. Anyway, he, he doubled down on this now. He is actually the biodiversity thing. He's actually an entomologist. Uh, he is he studies insects, and he thinks that you are insects if you support uh, President Trump. Uh, so let's go to the commercials that are coming out of the U.K. As I said yesterday, Paul Joseph Watson had a story. I didn't get to it. Uh, a Volkswagen commercial has actually been banned by the government in the U.K., and now we got another one that has been banned. Why? Because of gender issues. See, they've got gender issues that they want to sell to you and to your kids, and they are going to be very, very careful that you don't see anything that could be construed as traditional because they're going to be deconstructing everything about your culture. And so in this particular Volkswagen commercial, and we'll roll some of the B-roll of that, you have a a woman and a man in a tent on a cliff face. You have uh, two male astronauts floating in a spaceship. You have the male para-athlete you see right there with a prosthetic leg doing the long jump. And at the end of the clip, this offensive thing. That's a woman with a baby carriage there. Can you imagine that? A woman having a family? We can't allow that. How offensive and banned in the U.K., uh, so, you know, they said uh, the U.K. Advertising Standard Authority said this violated gender stereotyping rules by juxtaposing images of men in extraordinary environments and carrying out adventurous activities with women who appear to be passive or engaged in a stereotypical caregiving role. We consider that the ad directly contrasted stereotypical male and female roles and characteristics in a manner that gave the impression that they were exclusively associated with one gender. So it's banned. It's banned writes Paul Joseph Watson uh, at Summit News. Yeah, there you go. You cannot show a woman with a baby. Uh, that is horrible, according to them. Volkswagen tried to defend themselves. They said, well, you know, we wanted to show this as a relatable example of somebody trying to adapt to change. It is a life-changing thing to have a baby. Uh, they know that they don't want you to have a child. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Thomas Jefferson predicted over 240 years ago that when our republic was in trouble in the future, it'd be the farmers that were close to the ground, close to reality, who actually worked for a living that would end up saving the nation. And today, the communist Chinese have banned all U.S. farming goods a week ago. And we've seen massive increases in polls, support for the president, and what he's doing in this trade war once China put pressure on our farmers. That's beautiful. Americans aren't going to be bullied. And we aren't going to back down. So to the Joaquin Cruises and the Hillary Clintons of the world that want to intimidate people and tell us to back down, we're never going to give up. And all you've done is awaken the human spirit. And the human spirit lives at Infowars.com and Newswars.com. And I'm asking listeners, whatever you do, spread those links because we are the light in the dark of the night. We are the resistance. We are 1776 Worldwide.
it's never been easy to figure out the essentials of a new supplement routine. That's why we created the 8-Pack Power Stack, your go-to option for the building blocks of a successful approach to supplementation. This one-stop shop for those looking to simplify or adjust their routine is perfect for new and old info warriors alike. With the 8-Pack Power Stack, there's no trial and error, messy bottles laying across the counter, or 20-minute morning habits. Just take the Wake Up and Work or Rest and Recover packs each day for quick, easy-to-use, and conveniently accessible formulas to help you reach your peak without the deep supplement knowledge, stacks of bottles, and complicated routine. Featuring eight different formulas for a total take on your health and wellness. You can find what you like and get even more powerful versions in the store. Head to InfoWarsStore.com and check out 8-Pack Power Stack today and jumpstart your supplement routine. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Welcome back. Yeah, they have their gods and they are fiercely worshipped, aren't they? The LGBT agenda, the left, the atheists. Franklin Graham has praised a government official in New Jersey. Uh, The guy is Mayor Alfonso Cerulli. Uh, Franklin Graham said, I love this guy. He's got a lot of guts. He's coming under fire for saying the LGBTQ agenda is an affront to Almighty God. What he did was uh, the mayor voiced his concerns about a new school curriculum that's been mandated by the state of New Jersey. This new mandate would require students be taught LGBT history and the contributions of prominent LGBT individuals. You will bow down and you will worship people because of their sexual activities. That's what this amounts to. You're all hot and bothered, aren't you, about Jeffrey Epstein, and you should be. The guy is a disgusting pervert. He's been working at the highest levels of uh, the political and uh, entertainment and technological elite. He is at the very center of that. He's basically been their cruise director, gives you an insight into the uh, actions and the activities and the attitudes of these people who are mandating this type of stuff to you and your children. You should be concerned about that. But you should be concerned about what is actually flowing from these people, people like uh, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, people like Bill Ayers who have pushed these types of curriculum onto your kids. Uh, The mayor said no group has a right to force others to comply with their beliefs despite uh, or to deprive them of their First Amendment rights and to strip the rights of parents of how to morally raise their children. Good. I hope other people wake up about this. What's it going to take to wake people up? He says, if I want to opt my child out of that curriculum, you should be allowed to do it. And again, this is something, as I pointed out, decades ago, back in the 90s, when you had uh, Massachusetts deciding that they were going to teach uh, a heterosexual uh, sex education curriculum to kids as young as eight years old, a father went to the school and said, I don't want my child taught that by you at this age. They didn't say he had any problem with what they were teaching, you know, the heterosexual sex. He didn't have a problem with that per se. He had a problem with the age of consent, which Jeffrey Epstein has no problem with. He thinks that it is a cultural aberration, and they're getting rid of that culture. And they're doing it through the schools that you send your kids to. So get your kids out of there. 
And then once you save your kid from that burning building, the analogy that Alex Newman gave the other day, once you get your kid out of that burning building, then you tell other people in the community and you put out that fire so it doesn't burn down your entire neighborhood because it is burning down our neighborhood. Uh, They told that father, however, back in the 90s, they said, uh, uh, shut up. They arrested him, said, you don't have any option about that, not in Massachusetts. We will tell your kid what we want to tell your kid about sex at any age. And now they're doing it at earlier ages, and they've come up with some real interesting ideas about sex and gender and sexual practices. And this is nothing other than grooming your kids for a Jeffrey Epstein America that the elites want. If you can say that children at any age, kindergarten, can determine what their gender is, then they are mature enough to consent to sex. That's why Jeffrey Epstein and Alan Dershowitz are talking like that, saying the age of consent is just a cultural aberration. It's a notion that we ought to do away with. There shouldn't be anything such as the age of consent. And we can talk to your kids, especially if they have Down syndromes or Down syndrome or autism or whatever, then we can uh, uh, we can convince them to do whatever we want to sexually. Uh, he went on to say the mayor did this tramples First Amendment rights, especially religious freedom, because you're crossing into a realm that I believe is an educator. Uh, education should not be crossing into. I've talked about this before. I'm going to do that as an audio book. I'm going to put it on my YouTube channel. I think if you want to find the YouTube channel, I'm going to do it next week. Maybe I'll do it this weekend. I'm going to read what R.L. Dabney said right after the Civil War about where government schooling was going to go. He said, we have a fundamental conflict here. If the government is going to run schools, but the government is not going to establish religion, we have a fundamental conflict here. Today, we would say, in our language, we would say we have cognitive dissonance. We have two things that are mutually exclusive. You cannot have the government stay out of religion and run education. You cannot separate education from religion. Somebody's religion is going to be taught. It may be secular humanist religion. Uh, It may be uh, Christianity. It may be Islam. Somebody's religion is going to be taught. Somebody's values are going to be taught. That's what R.L. Dabney said more than 150 years ago. He's absolutely right. And now this is, we're seeing this right now, and the mayor there in New Jersey said, uh, hey, you know, um, uh, we're getting into areas of uh, education that uh, you shouldn't be getting into. He doesn't understand still, even though he says he's an educator. He still uh, doesn't understand that that's exactly what the people who created the government schools, Horace Mann, John Dewey, and others, is exactly what they wanted to do. They wanted to use it as a tool of cultural control. Uh, so it's been advertised going all the way back to Plato, Plato's Republic. We're going to set up society because we're going to teach the kids and we will own the future if we instill the values into the children. We don't want their parents' values passed on to them. And uh, as they were talking about how they were going to do it, talking about how their socialist utopias had failed, in Oneida and other places, they said, uh, we got to get the kids away from the parents. we got to instill our values in them. They did that with the Indians. You know, They put the uh, American Indians on reservations. They took their kids and shipped them off to another place to educate them, to get them out of that culture. And then they put them back into 
a uh, kind of environment that they're creating for all of us with the smart city agenda that is coming up. It worked pretty well for the American government when they did it to the American Indians. They, they neutered those people and put them on the reservation with a very corrupt bureaucracy to control them. Uh, they took their kids, they reculturated them, and that's what they're doing to us right now. We're being colonized. We're being colonized. Uh, UK uh, police, as they banned that Volkswagen car ad because it showed a woman with a baby, they hate that. They despise that. You can show anything by that. We want you to deconstruct traditional families. You know, that's one of the things that comes across in uh, the movie Unplanned, uh, Abby Hoffman's story. She talked about how the person she reported to at Planned Parenthood, very upset about the fact that she got married and had a child. You're going to abort it, aren't you? Uh, no. Well, you know, I don't think you can really do this job very well if you're going to have your divided loyalties. And she got very, very angry about that. And, and uh, uh, you think that's an exaggeration? Just take a look at what the U.K. is doing in terms of that Volkswagen ad. And now they have banned a cream cheese ad from Philadelphia cream cheese in the U.K. Uh, Not only can Volkswagen not show a woman sitting uh, next to a baby buggy, but they cannot have a Philadelphia cream cheese ad that shows two men being distracted by uh, their snack, uh, Philadelphia cream cheese, and forgetting about their babies. That implies, they said, that fathers had failed to look after the children properly because of their gender. (laughs) So that is a stereotype. We're not going to allow that. we got to have authoritative females and authoritarian females who presumably will tell us which ads we can and cannot see. It's not only that you have a unique voice in the public arena and the public square. The other thing that's unique about InfoWars is is it is the only network of this reach that is not backed by a corporate donor or corporate sugar daddy, that's not backed by some billionaire, that's not being funded by a secret foreign government. It is completely independent of all that. It is an old school American 1776 style experiment in the expression of the freedom of press and freedom of speech that in fact the founders were so concerned with at the beginning of the country, they actually tried to support and subsidize organizations just like this because this was the kind of press they wanted. And then ultimately we now live in an era where they've mostly been co-opted by big corporations or billionaire sugar daddies who've been able to control and manipulate what news and views the person's allowed to have or express or hear. And the InfoWars audience has broken through that. They, uh, they are the bridge from the founding to the modern age, ultimate American democracy and freedom. And that's why there's been an unprecedented onslaught of deplatforming, defamation, lawfare, and libel targeting you. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Welcome back. What is our next move here? When we talk about the Second Amendment, we're going to be coming up talking about that as well as what's going on in Hong Kong. But uh, I want to talk about the Sisterhood of Traveling Burkas and the travel plans that they had interrupted as they wanted to go into Israel. We got an update on what happened with that this morning. But 
Before we do, real quickly, just one more weird story out of the UK. You know, as I pointed out, we've just been talking about how they banned a Volkswagen ad because they had the audacity of showing a woman with a baby. Can't show that. How hateful is that? And then they banned a Philadelphia cream cheese ad because they made a joke about a couple of guys watching a baby and they got preoccupied with the Philadelphia cream cheese and they forgot about the baby somehow. I haven't seen the commercial, but that's banned as well. Can't do that. Gender stereotypes, I said. Well, they've got their own gender stereotypes that they want to sell you, right? And uh, uh, they aren't going to allow the traditional ones. And now this gets even stranger. The U.K. has decided that they've got their own ad campaign. This is what their ad campaigns are going to look like. They've got an ad campaign. They want to stop knife violence. And uh, they want to stop knife violence. They're going to print hashtag knife free stories on fried chicken boxes in the U.K., in England and Wales. They've got about 210 chicken stores. Places that sell, uh, you know, fast food chicken or something, uh, they're not anything that we have here in America. So I'm presuming that they're kind of like a Chick-fil-A type of place or something. They kind of specialize in it. Uh, one of the places, uh, Dixie Chicken. Another one is uh, Chicken Cottage and so forth. So I'm looking at this. They're bragging about it. We're rolling out our hashtag knife-free chicken boxes in over 210 chicken shops that was tweeted out by the Home Office. Now, these are the people in charge of stopping violence and terrorism. And uh, they don't want to acknowledge the fact that they didn't have knife problems before they started having a massive immigration issue, right? I, I guess the question I had when I looked at this is like, are Muslims big fans of fried chicken or something? Is that why they're focusing on the chicken stuff? I, I don't see the connection there. Do they have a chicken shop called uh, Chicken Akbar or something? That they can, <laughs> Chicken is greater than every other food? Uh, that we can do that. And what is the message here? You know, uh, are they going to show stories about how people can go knife free? What does that mean? I know you don't need a knife to eat chicken, right? Fried chicken. Uh, you can eat it with your hands, typically do. Uh, so maybe that's why they chose chicken. Because if some of the people were mocking them on Twitter, they said, what's next? Uh, watermelon? I can go knife-free? Well, no, you can't eat a watermelon too easily without a knife. But I guess you can't eat chicken without a knife. So that's a starting point. That's the genius behind the U.K. government. We'll lecture people about not using knives as they're eating chicken. You know, Don't kill people on the street with knives. This is part of their cultural acclimation program for all these new immigrants coming into the country, killing people with knives. But, of course, they've also illustrated – that they can kill people with guns as well, even though guns are banned. They don't have a problem with that. And even if they ban knives, and even if they lecture people on chicken boxes about not using knives to kill other people. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, get, grab that chicken box there. Uh, I don't know. Uh, what, what is the how, – how I can go knife-free? So I don't have to use a knife. I can throw acid at people. Is that the, the moral of the story here in the U.K.? <laughs> Uh, one MP came out. Is this some kind of a joke? Uh, you know, what is next? Knife-free watermelons, as I said? Yeah, it really is a joke. Yeah, the U.K. government has become a joke. It has become a parody. And the sad thing is, is that they don't like any competition. <laughs> so they have basically banned all humor as well because these people who are jokes don't like the competition anymore. They like competition from God. They want to be God as well. Uh, but... 
as we look at the Sisterhood of Traveling Burqa trying to uh, go into Israel to uh, stir up trouble there. These are people who have been pushing uh, the boycott, uh, diversify, and sanction Israel. Here's a joke for you. The Babylon Bee headline, why uh, women who don't believe Israel has a right to exist are not sure why they got banned from Israel. <laughs> you don't believe this country exists, then you know how, how can you go there, right? Uh, and uh, if you don't think they ought to exist, then you're surprised that you got banned from there? And then they quote as a joke, Omar, uh, Ilhan Omar in a press conference, it's just racism. It's all due to racism. Well, that and a Jewish conspiracy. The Jews are behind this for sure. Well, she's probably right about that. <laughs> President Trump as well. Uh, Israeli deputy foreign minister had said that Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib would be denied entry. Israel has decided we won't enable the members of Congress to enter the country. We won't allow those who deny our right to exist to enter Israel. In principle, this is a justified decision, he said. Uh, And I just have to ask, could we apply that same principle at our American border? Because we've got a lot of people who are coming in here, burning the American flag and waving the flag from the country that they're supposedly fleeing, that they're supposedly refugees from in El Salvador, Guatemala. They come in waving that flag, saying, help me, help me, I'm being oppressed. And then burning our flag. We've got people coming in from Mexico who say that the, uh, they've got signs that say, make America Mexico again. They pretend that they want to set up, and I guess they're going to be allowed to do it. They're going to make the entire American Southwest a uh, Aslan homeland again. Are, are going to make it that? That's what they mean by make America Mexico again. Uh, so they want to reestablish some kind of an Aztec uh, Hispanic society or something, or some kind of political boundary as well throughout the American Southwest. I mean, could we say that if people believe that we don't have a right to have a country and we don't have a right to exist, we could keep them out? Could we do something like, um, I don't know, uh, build a wall or something? Could we find a politician who wants to build a wall somewhere? I heard there was a guy who wanted to do that at some point in time, but you know, he doesn't know how to do it. And he keeps telling, these judges keep telling me he can't do it and he just goes away like a whipped puppy. Uh, so, oh, gee, oh, they said I can't do it. Or read the Constitution sometime, President Trump. you got the power. You don't have the authority to invade other countries, but you do have the authority to stop invasions into our country. And you tell uh, Netanyahu not to let these congresswomen in, and he says, yeah, all right, we won't let them in. Well, maybe Netanyahu could tell President Trump, don't let these people who want to destroy your country into your country either. Could we do that? No, no, we can't do that. That's right. We don't have that same standard. The other thing, too, is that they have a law in Israel, just like we've got a constitution that protects our border. We've got a constitution that gives the president the authority and the power and the duty to protect our border. Well, Israel has a law that prohibits a foreigner who knowingly issues a public call for boycotting Israel. Uh, so uh, President Trump was uh, tweeting out, it'd be a great show of weakness if Israel allowed Representative Omar and Representative Tlaib to visit. They hate Israel and all Jewish people. There's nothing that can be said or done to change their minds. And I agree with him. I think it is a great show of weakness for us to let our borders collapse, President Trump, and do nothing about it. You have the authority to do something about it. Uh, We've got Democrats criticizing the decision by Netanyahu to ban these congresswomen. Uh, AIPAC, the uh, Jewish lobby here, uh, big lobby, American-Israeli Political Action Committee, 
they were very critical of this. And then we have Bernie Sanders. Let's uh, play video clip number 10. Well, I wish I could tell you, Ali, that I am shocked. Uh, I am not. We have a president who tragically uh, is a racist, uh, is a xenophobe, and who is a religious bigot. (laughs) But the idea that a member of the United States Congress cannot visit a nation, which, by the way, we support to the tune of billions and billions of dollars, is clearly an outrage. And if Israel doesn't so want do members Israel? of the United States Congress to visit know. their country to get a first-hand look at what's going on, and I've been there many, many times, but if he doesn't want members to visit, maybe he can respectfully decline the billions of dollars uh, that we, we give to Israel. Okay, so we've got an update on that. It looks like uh, Bernie has uh, had some effect on this, uh, and uh, we'll have that update when we come back. Stay with us. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't a Netflix drama show. This isn't a law and order TV program. This is reality. And I'll say this, it's all of our birthright. Black, white, old, young, gay, straight. We're all having our birthright stolen right now. We're seeing election meddling and it's time to admit it and to realize we've seen a giant backdoor power grab. They didn't come like an enemy from over the horizon. They came from inside and they came through cyberspace. Our republic, our constitutional little d democracy has been hacked. And please remember, without your financial support, we wouldn't have withstood this withering storm of censorship, attacks, and lies. We have the new World Awakens mega sale, Globalist House of Cards collapsing end of summer super sale. It's the big giant 50 to 60% off store-wide free shipping, double Patriot points, but only on 50-something items, not on every item, because a bunch of these are very close to selling out. Whether it's Ultimate Krill Oil, Bodies, Turmeric, Brain Force Plus, Knockout Sleep Aid, Turbo Force, 8-Pack Power Stack, it's all 50 to 60% off, and your purchases make it all possible here. What you have witnessed is the biggest development in free speech in the Western world's history. This is a digital AI-enforced gag order, not to say the name Alex Jones or Infowars.com. This is Nazi Germany level. This is racketeering. This is cartels. Mr. President, we need your help. We need it now. You can take on big tech. They saw InfoWars as a dominant, independent, anti-war, pro-human, pro-sovereign, pro-family, populist organization. So they thought, first they come for Alex Jones. Then when people say, okay, take him off the air, everyone else like Domino's would fall. The way to fight back is to support InfoWars now more than ever and make it a standard of freedom and free speech. Understand that they believe they can take us down, they'll take everybody else down. 